Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore. While I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. I'm not even going to swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know and they'll say, why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Wait right there, Mr. Benoit. How do you know my name? I didn't tell you my name. Hang up. I didn't tell them my name. They're all part of it. They're all parts of it. Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying? You know, violently. I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? It's not my intention to do this in front of you. For that, I'm sorry. You can take my word for it. Your mother had it coming. Mommy, I want to see the bad man fly. Be the bad man fly! We better get back. I just can't take no pleasure in killing that. Just some things you gotta do. Don't mean you have to like it. Wait a minute. I know who you are. Yeah, but I heard you were dead. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamp light by him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted never more. Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussion Show, place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire, in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Uh, Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, June 22 is always a, a tough day for me for reasons I prefer not to talk about, but otherwise I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia... Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you feeling? I know you're under the weather. I'm feeling all right. I'm, I'll get over it, I'm sure, in a couple of days. Right, right, right. Yeah, we'll yeah. just keep taking his temperature. Make sure you take <laughs> It's good that you'll be taking the day off tomorrow from work so you can try to recover. Yeah. Indeed. All right, so who are we here, the people that have suddenly joined us, whether you're first-time listeners or not? Uh, we are the Dark Discussions Podcast, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Dark Discussions is a podcast that talks about horror, sci-fi, thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, midnight movies, 
uh, cult films, drive-in fear, and the like. Basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. So movies, that's what we do. Uh, we also have a website, as I just mentioned, www.darkdiscussions.com. Also, we have an email, darkdiscussions at AOL.com, where you can email us. Just put in the subject DDP and then whatever your topic is, so we know it's specifically for this podcast here, because we do have a number of podcasts on that website. And uh, we will read your email on the podcast, if you so desire. Uh, we uh, always are... Uh, welcome to have uh, listeners know that they're listening, know that they exist, know that they're out there, and user participation, listener participation, and whatnot um, is, is actually makes us all warm and fuzzy because again, you know, we're, we're talking into dead air now, and yet we know people are listening because we see the downloads, but we do not have that much uh, conversation with the folks who are actually listening. So please email us. Uh, also um, today. For some of our folks who are always curious, like Pam, uh, we are recording this on June 22nd, 2023. Uh, I will say happy birthday to my, my uh, friend Carrie. Uh, but uh, either way, um, I will say this. The reason we're giving that date is because some of our listeners like Pam are always curious when we are recording our episodes because they don't actually come out the day after necessarily. Sometimes it's weeks, months, even at points over a year. Um, but this one, if we're lucky, will be re released almost immediately uh, depending on uh, editing purposes, if we have technical issues uh, or not. Um, so uh, that's when we release it. Uh, or I should say we record it. Uh, June 22nd, 2023. Uh, my friend's Carrie's birthday. Um, now, uh, what else do we got here? Uh, Eric, what else do we have on www.artdiscussions.com? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it took a couple weeks off all of a sudden. I don't know how to speak without choking on my own saliva. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we also have links to our Patreon account on the website. Uh, Patreon is a service that allows you to financially contribute to your online artists like us. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or click on the Patreon bag bag badge on any page of darkdiscussions.com. And uh, there you can have the option of any of several tiers to contribute money to us because producing this show is not free. We have to pay for things like web hosting and names and computer equipment and movie rentals and so on and so forth. And in all, contributions are greatly appreciated. Yes, indeed. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we, we got a $270 bill uh, from uh, GoDaddy for uh, web uh, server stuff. So, uh, obviously, uh, uh, that's GoDaddy because they spank us. That's true. That's true. So, uh, any, any money uh, is appreciated because, again, this is a nonprofit uh, in name because we don't. Um, um, I mean, sell our to be profit. So, like, yes, donate more, please. Yes, yeah, yeah, and and we'll take uh, advertisers too. We're always willing to do advertisers. We don't we don't pursue them uh, or go after advertisers. But if, if there is, but hey, anybody, we're whores. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you have a movie, an independent movie that you want to promote, uh, please contact us. Uh, we will uh, most certainly uh, help promote it. Our product or anything uh, doesn't matter if it's genre related or not. We're obviously willing to help out you if you're willing to help out us. Uh, also. Um, 
Uh, we do have a Facebook group, which is Doc Discussions Podcast Facebook group. So uh, any any people who want to uh, contact us, they can contact us that way as well. Uh, because again, uh, emails, you know, you can get mixed in with all the, the stuff that we get because we get hundreds of emails for people trying to have us review their trailers and their, their, uh, their, um, uh, films and, and their books and all this other stuff. So, uh, if that, if we miss your email, you can always, uh, contact us through Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group. Uh, and if you're actually linked as friends to any of us, uh, the four of us here, you can always IM us through, uh, um, email as well, or instant message as well on Facebook, and then of course you can always email us through Dark Discussions One, Dark Discussion One, so no S, just the letter one, the number one uh, on Twitter. Uh, we do have an email that that we accept emails that way as well. Um, all right, so that's pretty much uh, the house cleaning and whatnot. Uh, if we have time at the end of the podcast, we will uh, most certainly. Um, give uh, our things that we've done. I mean, know there's a couple of people here, actually three people here that have been playing a lot of Diablo. They may want to talk about that. News, uh, things of that nature. Um, but uh, before we get into that, if we have time, um, we have a topic tonight. And uh, I'm going to go with Mike tonight because this is Mike's suggestion. Um, Mike, what, what is this? Because uh, this, is, this is the type of thing that you always bring up every so often. Uh, to do when there's an unfortunate passing, or even if it's not unfortunate, you know, meaning old age or whatever, just just a passing. I, I got to be honest. Um, so recently, the actor uh, Treat Williams passed away in a, a motorcycle accident. Um, and uh, being the, the 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 sensitive and caring soul that I was, I think immediately jumped out with uh, maybe we should do an episode. <laughs> Specifically about the about the film, this film, which is uh, Deep Rising, um, it was kind of tongue in cheek because it's a movie I've always kind of wanted us to do. I almost picked it when we did the um, uh, was the underwater horror or something from. Oh like, yeah, yeah. So we did an Ocean Month once. Oh, you yeah. did an Ocean Month, right? That, it was it was it was probably my my number my runner up choice. Uh, I wasn't actually expecting to do it, but we did it, um, and so we're doing it, and that's what we're doing. All right, so uh, let's hear the trailer, and then we'll uh, get into the episode. Welcome to the greatest pleasure ship ever built. Good times forever! I have something here, sir. I've never seen anything like this. It's a malfunction, sir. That's impossible. Where are they coming from? I don't know, sir, but whatever it is, it's uh, big. A distress call. Where the hell is everybody? Now. They're dead in the water. I got a really bad feeling about this. The ship's infested. Let's get the hell out of here! What the hell is that? Girl from Ipanema. I don't mean to sound like a wuss, but this is starting to freak me out, man. I vote we leave. Who votes we leave?
Rising. All right, so that's right. Uh, the film is called Deep Rising. Uh, it's a film directed by Stephen Summers, who actually wrote it as well. Um, he actually uh, has been pretty prolific back, uh, and he's still only 61 uh, years old. But uh, And this is a fairly old film. I think it's uh, uh, 1998. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Uh, time flies. Oh, my God, if I could redo those years, I'd... I'd do it. Um, but uh, the film is from 1998, Deep Rising. Uh, Stephen Summers uh, is well known for films like uh, the original, well, not the original, but but the the, the Mummy, the the ones with um, Brendan Fraser and Raquel, uh, I mean Rachel Wise. Uh, he did Van Helsing, GI Joe, The Rise of the Cobra, um, and various other films as well. Um, it's like watching a career self-implode in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, 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 because because the first Mummy was actually pretty damn good in the sense that it made a lot of money and people enjoyed it. And anytime That's Rachel, a fun Wise, film. Yeah, anytime Rachel Wise is in a film, I'm 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 available to watch it. That's for sure. Uh, but this film here, uh, Deep Rising, uh, again, 1998, came out February 2nd uh, of that year. Stars Trait, Williams, Famke Jensen, Anthony Heald, Kevin O'Connor. West Duty, Derek O'Connor, Jason Fleming, Digimon Honsu, among other actors. Uh, the film uh, had a budget of $45 million. Um, it was Buena Vista Distribution, uh, Hollywood Pictures. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith did the music. Rest in peace. He was one of the greatest. Uh, but the money, the film only made $11.2 million, so it was considered a, a huge box office failure. However, as uh, Mr. Summers, the director writer, said, it has gained a huge cult following since, which um, is actually technically true. That's not hyperbole. Um, now, uh, let's see what else we got here. That's pretty much all the information I got. Um, I don't have anything more except that Rotten Tomatoes, um, it, it didn't didn't get uh, good reviews, and only got 32 percent. Even Roger Ebert called it uh, uh, Alien or Aliens Clone. Uh, the film um, for what we would say, uh, what's the word I'm talking about? Uh, the the regular audience. Now, of course, I didn't prepare to have that up, so it's going to take me a second to bring it up. But I got it right here. It's 43 percent. Oh, okay. So so even the audience, uh, even though it's a quote unquote. Um, cult film or has had a cult following. It still obviously uh, has a, a negative or broad and tomato rating. So uh, I guess we can get into uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about this film. Uh, so, uh, Mike, let's start with you since uh, this was uh, your suggestion. How did I hear about it? Yeah, how did you hear about it and what did you think? Uh, it's old. I mean, I saw it in theaters. I was one of the three people who, who did. Um, you know, I'm sure I saw it and heard about it the way most people did back in, in the last millennium. Uh, it was, you know, TV commercials and movie trailers. Um, so, yeah, I loved it in the theaters. I've I had a blast with it. Um, it's aquatic horror, which I like. It's, you know, a giant monster film, which I like. It's a, a little bit of a horror comedy, uh, which I enjoy. Um, so, um, 
yeah, I mean, that's – it's weird. I always have this – I know it's Treat Williams who stars in the film, but in my head, every time I picture it, I think of Bruce Campbell. Does that make any sense? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it, is, it is sort of a very Brucey performance. But, um, yeah, this is, I think, this is easily my favorite of, the, of Steve Summers' films. Um, and I really love The Mummy. And then it just kind of – it just spirals down after that. But this is just – it's got some good action. It's actually got a strong Aliens vibe, as I realized I was watching it uh, again last night. I don't know if anyone else kind of picked up on that. Yeah, the credits did. Yep. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yep, I, I, got, I got it right here, Mike. It says, uh, it's a, blah, 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 where is it? Uh, here it is. Entertainment Weekly, Ty Burr says, a tightly written, often howling, funny aliens knockoff that in its portrayal of tough men and tougher women under pressure favorably, favorably recalls the work of Howard Hawks. Maybe a little hyperbole, but fair enough. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I put up there with Howard Hawks. Uh, but no, and it's, I think, performances are fun. And it's, it's you know, the only thing that I have a drawback with is that it did come out in 1998. <clears throat> uh, actually, right before I met my wife. Uh, and um, because of the, the, some of the effects are a little dated. Um, but they were cutting edge at the time, digital effects. But uh, yeah, just it just doesn't. Uh, uh, some of it just doesn't hold up. But other than that, I think it's it's just a lot of fun. I think it's a very tight script. It's very well written. It really is a hell of a cast. Um, and someone like Jam uh, Jam, I'm going to pronounce his name, Jamin Hansu or uh, Cliff Curtis or Anthony Held. You know, and Held was a big character actor back then. He seemed like he was in something every other week. Um, Cliff Curtis has become more familiar. Uh, it was just recently in Avatar: Way of the Water, but yeah, it's it's like I said, just it's one of my uh, favorite films from the '90s. All right, sounds good. This is actually the 25th year anniversary of the film. How about that? No coincidence that uh, I mean that's just coincidence that uh, we're, we're we're doing the episode, and, and unfortunately, the Trent uh, Trent Williams is passing. Uh, let's go, you, Eric. Um. <laughs> I'm not here to speak ill of the dead. So nothing I say about this movie reflects upon my feelings of Treat Williams as a human being. I'm sure he was a fine man. But I don't like this movie. <laughs> Damn. This this movie is the schlockiest schlock that ever schlocked a schlock. Um, the that's quite awesome. <laughs> the CGI is bad. Um, everybody's overacting horribly. Um, there are no actual characters in this movie, only caricatures. Uh, like the mechanic character is supposed to be comic relief, but I just found him to be annoying. Um, there was only one moment of humor in the movie that would work for me. Um, the rest fell flat. Yeah. And like, there's some decent gore scenes. There's, there's a couple of scenes where like, Ooh, that's, that's pretty icky. Um, but um, really, there's a scene uh, kind of close to the beginning of the movie where every instinct in my brain was telling me to shut this movie off, but I couldn't because we were doing a podcast on it. Um, and then that was reinforced by a scene at the end of the movie. Um, I I didn't have a good time, 
but it's over now, and I just have to sit through this conversation, and I never have to deal with it again. All right, sounds good. Uh, what about you, Barrett? Uh, yeah, I love this film. Um, I saw it when it came out in the theater. Um, I think it's fun. Yeah, the CGI is old, but it, for the time, it wasn't that bad. Um, it didn't age well. Um, I like the humor. It it worked for me. Um, and I love Treat Williams. I've always liked everything he's in. Um, he's kind of more of a B actor, but he's always done a good job, I've felt. And Bomke Jansen is pretty awesome as well. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, sounds good. All right, so uh, it's my turn to talk about this. Uh, how I heard about this film, I, I've just heard the name for years. I mean, I always confuse it with hundreds of other films because it's, it's just one of those generic titles. Uh, like there's some sort of shock film that has deep in it, and then there's hundreds of other films that were – not hundreds, but a, a handful of other films that are similar idea where it's ocean horror that came out around the same time. Uh, or at least within the 10-year period that this one came out. Um, so uh, that's how I heard about it, meaning I, I didn't really know too much about it at all. Um, and so uh, I uh, watched it uh, uh, last evening uh, after Trivia, uh, which I came in second place because of the Alfred Hitchcock round where I destroyed everybody by like 500 points. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was awesome. Um, so... Um, yeah, so I, I, I bought it because I, you couldn't rent it on iTunes. Yeah, you could rent it on Amazon, though. I know you could, yeah. And I was thinking of doing that, but I remember I seeing this film uh, a few years ago, and I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, so I bought it, and then um, – so I'm watching the film, and I'm going, I don't remember this film. This isn't remember. This isn't this isn't the film I thought of. And then suddenly it occurred to me, it's like I just bought the wrong film because I did buy Jeep Rising – but I was thinking this was Leviathan. Which came out <laughs> I was you about to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Leviathan was a, a freaking awesome film, at least in my opinion. Or at least I enjoyed it, put it that way. I don't know if it was awesome, but it, but it was a really fun film. Um, because it came out on Screen Factory a few years ago, and then it went out of print. And if you wanted to buy it, you had to pay 80 bucks on eBay for the Blu-ray. And I said, I said, F that. So I just watched it on Eric's favorite channel, Tubi. Um, <laughs> Tubi. And uh, um, I like that one a lot. Um, so I'm watching, I go, yeah, this ain't Leviathan, so what is this film? So, so I'm watching it, and whatever, and, um, so yeah, then I figured out, yeah, this isn't the film, uh, this isn't Leviathan, this is a different film. Um, and, um, I'm somewhere between Eric and the other folk on the podcast, um, because there, there was a lot of problems I felt with it. The, the CGI didn't really bother me. Because, um, you know, I can watch films from the 1950s where the science fiction, you know, spaceships look fake. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a 1950 film, whatever. And this was the beginning of the CGI era, you know, when Abyss and all those films came out. So I was all right with that. But the characters kind of bothered me at points because they, they weren't taking it seriously. It's like when you go on a ship where there's blood everywhere and there's corpses everywhere and everybody's gone – I, I I mean I I'm not a a a, uh, a black ops person. I mean I, I haven't been in the military, but but I can't believe yeah you know you always hear the stereotype of Marines being gung ho, but they're human beings just like everybody else, and no one wants to die, and no one wants to be funny in in situations where your life 
is is at stake. And so, I, I mean, things like that, the humor really bothered me a lot in this film and and how the people reacted. But as a B-movie, as, as Mike mentioned, this is a, you know, fun, quote-unquote, fun generic B-movie. At least that's the point of it. Um, it was good enough. It was okay. I mean, um, it, it was, it, you know, entertained enough and whatnot, but... but um, it, it was not what I was hoping. Again, I, I was thinking it was Leviathan. And um, so I, I'm going to lean closer to Eric, but I, I definitely did not hate the film. I, I just thought it was silly rubbish, if that makes sense. Um, all right. So. Weird, because those are words I use when I hate a film. That's a fair point. All right. So um, that's our opinions there. So, uh, Eric, do we have a... Wiki? Wiki, wiki. We missed the wiki wikis. <laughs> a group of heavily armed hijackers boarded a luxury ocean liner in the South Pacific Ocean to loot it, only to do battle with a series of large-sized tentacled man-eating sea creatures who'd already invaded the ship. All right. So uh, that's probably right. Uh, I don't know if that spoils enough. but well, I mean, Mike already said it was a giant creature movie, so yeah, I figured that's what the fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and and when I read the the synopsis, I go, uh, I think this is Leviathan, but of course it wasn't. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, so that's a wiki. So uh, what do we? My thing was an undersea base. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But for some reason, I just thought they were the same film until I started watching it. And for the record, of the Abyss is way better than this movie. No, uh, if it was more readily available, that that would have been a. Uh, yeah, a, uh, a cinema card picnic by now. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that that film is weird. I don't know what happened to that film. Um, but uh, for this film here, um, it is um, a film we're going to talk about where we not only give our reviews for all our listeners who are new or otherwise, we also dissect and critique the film. Basically, try to explain uh, what we feel. The, the writer, director, the producers are trying to say, because sometimes these films may talk about, like when you hear a film, Monster Movie Ocean, oh, are they talking about an environmental film? And was the director and, and screenwriter and producer trying to make this a climate change film? Or, you know, all that crap. We, we talk about it all. And so we get into spoilers and all that other stuff, the ending, uh, twists and whatnot. And we do that, but we throw up a spoiler to warn people before we do so. Again, this is a 25-year-old film, so if you haven't seen it, um, it, it, it may have gone under the radar, and that's why you haven't seen it. But, but again, it is an older film, and if you're a genre fan, people that listen to this podcast, you may have already seen it. Um, but either way, we'll still throw up the spoiler at a point. But before we do that, what we do is talk about general things. So we may talk about things like, why does Phil think this was Leviathan? You know, and things like that. So we'll, we'll talk about general stuff related to the film, uh, Trey Williams' career, um, Summer's work as a director, whatever, you know, ocean horror, you know, on and on and on. We, we can go into all that stuff. Uh, oh, Mike mentioned the comparison to Aliens and so on and so forth. Uh, so with that stated, I guess we can get into our non-spoiler part of the podcast. And uh, where do we want to go? Who wants to talk first? What do we got? Why did I think this was a Leviathan? I think it's because they're all generic titles from the same era. In their oh, yeah, that's, that's part of it. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's all I can think There's of. There's also, you, you, you have a problem with with words. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's not just like different words mean different things, and sometimes you think they all mean the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. my theory, at least. No, that I'll, I'll go with. It. I go with. It. I, I screw up words all the time, and and I got a Boston accent, and I pronounce everything phonetically, not how you're supposed to say it, because English language is is crazy, as well as the French language too, because phonetically French is like even worse. But um, yeah, I, I have problems with that stuff. Um, what else? Say, yeah, go on. I, I just want to have a quick uh, conversation about the CGI because. Um, both Mike and Barrett stipulated it was good for the time. Well, it's not the time anymore. <laughs> and, uh, the late nineties, like I, it's rough going back and trying to trying to watch a movie with heavy CGI from the late nineties because that's when they thought the technology was good enough, but it really wasn't yet. <laughs> so they, they tried and they came out with stuff like this, and I'm just like, oh. Oh, oh it's, no! Look, it, it's painful, but if I could survive bad Star Trek makeup from 1967, or here's the thing, though, I find that more enjoyable than this. Uh, I, I'm not disputing. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I can certainly serve. It doesn't work well enough. The painful thing is that it was uh, the practical effects for the film were done by uh, at least in part by uh, Bob Bottin uh, from. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the thing, thing. And, and the howling, and I'm sure he could have done a phenomenal job doing uh, like tentacle work for this mm-hmm. had they had a you know maybe double the budget. Right. Well, um, part of the part uh, of the reason they use CGI is just because not only because you could do things with it you couldn't otherwise do, but you could also do things you could do otherwise for a lot less money. <laughs> and and that's why when I did my review of the film. I, I mentioned that the the special effects didn't really bother me that much, and and the reason again is because uh, as my as Mike mentioned and, and as you said, Eric, uh, you know those old films from the sixties and fifties and whatever doesn't bother you as much because you expect it because those are the fifties and sixties or forties or whatever. And well, I, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but budget does play a huge part too. That's that's a fair note. Because um, Terminator came out earlier in this movie, and Terminator Two still to this day looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, that was all practical effects. There was, you know, the Ray Harry Hawson type uh, creature, the robot, and then it, you know, there's no CGI. And that's what I'm basically trying to say. But this movie mostly had secondary actors too, so you know the budget wasn't ginormous. So mm-hmm. right. I mean, yeah. Tom K. Jenkins, yeah. she's she's not an alias. She's not Sigourney Weaver. She yeah. she was becoming an A-lister at that time, but yeah. like Denise Richards, she she kind of faded out as as someone that um, was more for whatever reason considered a, a, a beautiful woman rather than a great actress. So, but but at that time, she was getting some leading roles similar to uh, Treat Williams, for that matter, right? Yeah, and he well, wasn't he wasn't an A-lister either. He's never he's never been an A-lister, but he's mm-hmm. always worked steady. Yeah, this was this was their attempt, I think. And reportedly, the the lead was offered to Harrison Ford, who turned it down, at which point the budget <laughs> of the movie got slashed drastically. Um, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. sense. But yeah, apparently uh, Harrison Ford was busy making Air War Force One instead. I think he made the right call. Oh. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For folks that aren't as familiar with the, the Hollywood star role as as some of our older folk, you know, younger people that are 20, 25 may not 
or even 15 that listens to this podcast may not know what we're talking about. But back in the day, and obviously, oddly, 25 years ago is back in the day, which is very depressing. Um, certain actors would be the drawer of the film. So in other words, if you had Harrison Ford as the star of this film, this film not only would have got double the budget, but it would have made uh, 20 times more money because people would go see it because, oh, that's, that's Harrison Ford. He's awesome. Um, and nowadays, you know, only Tom Cruise can do that. No one else can. So um, maybe The Rock. Well, even The Rock hasn't done it. So it's really just Tom Cruise. So the, the thing is, is, is back in the day, um, having Harrison Ford lead this movie would have made this a blockbuster, even if it was uh, negatively reviewed. Um, but without Harrison Ford, um, you know, it, it was going to be a, a tossing a coin up the air to see if it, it – Pick up, picks up an audience, or if it just is, disappears. Uh, all right to say that. Am I, is this correct? Yeah, no, I can see because I was thinking this was watching it, and that the Tree Williams character is very much in a like a, a hand solo vein. So I understand why they may have offered it to, to, to uh, Harrison Ford, but I can't, in the, for the life of me, imagine they expect it to accept. Well, you got to shoot your shot, right? Yeah, and, and yeah, you got to take the shot, but well, you never know. I mean, I mean, you never know. I mean, you know, is this going to be the next franchise film? Because you know, I mean, this was only a couple of years after uh, the '80s, where films that would have been considered B movies and people like Harrison Ford wouldn't consider, such as um, Predator, you know, and Schwarzenegger does that and that becomes a blockbuster hit, or um, some other film that would would have been considered in the 1950s, you know, a B feature is now a, a major blockbuster film. And so I could see that they honestly thought that could happen. Um, I think maybe they, they went a little too heavy because even when uh, Summers did The Mummy, Brendan Fraser was an up-and-comer. He wasn't you know a superstar at that time. And, and then, of course, he went into B-movies and stuff until he won the Academy Award this past year, even though he's still pretty much a, a B-lister, um, even with the award. Um, so my, my, my guess is, as Eric said, yeah, well, you know, try for the best and – Maybe you 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 roll sevens, yeah. Yeah. but but it did not happen. Uh, and and for people who don't know who Trent Williams is, uh, he he actually was pretty big. Treat. His name is Treat. Treat. Yeah, yeah. He was actually pretty big. Um, even though he was always a secondary actor, he was always big because he he was in films that that were huge hits. Um, and and whatnot with uh, what, what was it the officer and a gentleman was it or what was it the one he was in, or was it was or it was a Top Gun it was it was a bunch of films I don't know what films but he he was in some big films and um, he, he always had pretty pretty big names around him like uh, uh, there's a film that uh, I always liked as a kid that was on HBO um, and I forget the name of it that that it's, it's, but it's Chris Christopherson was the lead and he was the secondary and um, that one was pretty good. And uh, then he was, let me see, I'm looking at some films here. He was in 1941, which was uh, Spielberg's flop. But, but I mean, you know, that, that was a pretty big movie, even if it, it was a, a flop. Um, he was in, um, uh, where is it? Where do we go? Uh, Devil's Own, which... Uh, two, 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 schools out? 
Which had Brad Pitt? What's that? Who's your affiliate? I said. Um, I said that the, the substitute two. School's out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was in Once Upon a Time in America. I remember him in that role as a small role in part. Um, but but what was that big the film? Phantom with Billy Zane. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, he was Zombie he, movie Dead Heat. Uh, oh yeah, that? Dead Heat with Joe Piscopo. <laughs> but, 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 but what was that film that 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 he did that? What wasn't it? Officer in a general? Well, it was some big film he did. I can't remember, but but either way, he he was pretty big. Oh yeah, Flashpoint was one with Chris Christopherson. Uh, that was a pretty damn good film. Um, but anyway, um, he, he was always well known. Uh, people knew him, and it made sense to grab him because people knew who he was. And hey, even though he's not Harrison Ford, uh, he's a good actor, and may, maybe it will. You know, it not only bring in money, but for him, it could make him a star. And of course, that didn't happen. But, but uh, it, it, it made sense. It but made I really sense. think that the point what Phil was trying to make by going to that whole explanation is that movie stars used to be the box office draw. Those the the name of the star is what would get you to go see a movie. Where today, that's not as much the case. Right, right. That, that's exactly right. But it definitely didn't work in the case of Deep Rising. <laughs> right, right, right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I think I think it was uh, Kevin Williamson um, got the scream was the first one to figure out that you didn't need leads uh, because what they, what they started doing with him his films was they said we don't need Hollywood actors we don't we don't need the, the big stars what we need is famous people that are on TV or 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 be people that everybody likes or knows and then boom just throw them in as the lead and and usually that can work i mean scream that 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 worked well certain- and uh, again that was back in the day <laughs> which was oh yeah it was 96 for scream for example yeah back back in the day uh and, uh when television was looked down upon as a, like it, you weren't a real actor if you did tv um and nowadays, like I, I like I bet you if you asked a, a bunch of actors, they would tell you that some of the best work going on right now is for for some of the uh, streaming uh, and yeah. cable networks, you know, the yeah. HBO Prestige series and all that. Um, yeah. Some of some of the best opportunities for people are doing that kind of work now, um, rather than movies. Yeah, Rachel Wise is, is doing a TV show right now. Uh, Dead Ringers, I think it's called. That's supposed to be really good. Uh, Rick, um, Nicole Kidman's done it. Adam, Amy Adams. So yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot, a lot of big names are now uh, doing. I mean, well, what Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey did that that TV show on HBO about the two two detectives. Was that what it was called? <laughs> true Detective. True Detective. Yeah. So yeah, Hanks is an Apple TV movie guy now. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. So so things have changed a little bit. Um, all right, what else do we want to talk about that's general stuff uh, related to this film, uh, whether it's adjacent or directly related to it? Anyone? I guess not. All right, so I guess that means uh, at this point we're going to throw up the spoiler alert. So at this point we're going to talk about everything and anything uh, related to this film. So spoilers, uh, all sorts of things that um, – 
are uh, related to the the movie that that are directly in the movie. So uh, again, it's a 25 year old film. Again, we're throwing up a spoiler alert. So if you want to go see it, uh, you can go do that before listening to us. Uh, but either way, uh, I guess we can begin. So uh, where, where do we want to start? What, what do we well, want to talk about? Real quick, I want to detail the moments that I referenced in my in my general overview of the movie. Um, at the beginning of the movie, there's a moment where um, apparently a woman gets sucked through the toilet by the sea monster. That is true. And I was just like, get the fuck out. <laughs> like, if I'd just been like watching the movie on my own, I would have turned it off right then. Um, and then towards the end of the movie, there's another scene where uh, uh, Treat Williams and Famke Jansen, uh, there's a chase scene where the monster is chasing them on a jet ski inside a ship for like five minutes. Much room inside the ship. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want to make it clear to the audience. Uh, you said that the the monster was chasing them on a jet ski. They well, okay. No, no, no. The people were the on a jet ski. Was, the monster was not right. on a jet ski. I'll clarify. Because, because if that were the case, it, then it would absolutely have been an Oscar contender. <laughs> now, I, I want to reference uh, Eric's uh, uh, toilet scene because uh, it didn't occur to me how stupid and ridiculous that scene is until Eric brought it up because – uh, I, I was just uh, interested in, in looking at the woman because she was pretty hot. But when she gets sucked under the toilet, you're absolutely right, Eric. The toilet would have broke, destroyed. I mean, it was, and yet, no, she just went down. What, was, what are the what are the physics at work there? Yeah, it yeah, yeah. It was it was, it was stupid. That that scene is now ruined for me. I I, I, well, thought, I, 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 I will I will once again uh, in you know the second time in like, just a couple of weeks. Harrison Ford and saying it's not that kind of movie, kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and it isn't. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's like you know people asking, you know, you know how you know, it's like asking like physics problems of the respiratory system of of, of Godzilla. How can possibly be well, efficient? Gas exchange for something that size to survive. It's not. Well, Mike, let me ask you this then. Then, then, then if they're trying to take aspects of classic horror films or science fiction films like Aliens and whatnot, why would they then turn it into a true B-movie? Again, Aliens at the time, a lot of critics would poo-poo it and say it was a B-movie, but they all liked it. And that was like one of the type of films oh, like Star Wars and Jaws and the Apes that, that turned B-movies into real movies. But yeah, go on. Explain what you're saying. Look, they made they made the movie they wanted to make. They, the, the, whether you're an A or B movie, often is contingent upon your budget. Uh, and this was starring Treat Williams. It is not starring Harrison Ford. Um, you know, again, there is a, there is a there is a somewhere out there in the multiverse. There is a version of this movie starring Harrison Ford and Sigourney Weaver and I don't know Dana Carvey. I don't know who would be playing the engineer for this, uh, the mechanic. But uh, this ain't it, right? Um, this, if you watch Steve Summers' movie, he is a B director and, and a B writer. His movies always have a tongue-in-cheek sense of humor, whether they should or not. And, and I don't yeah, have a problem yeah. Mommy, with that. Tommy does. That's true. Yeah. Um, I really and you know it, this is intended to be a fun film. He is under no illusion that he's making something 
serious. He's not trying to make aliens. He's not trying to, you know, aliens was following Alien. And, you know, we did our whole thing about how Alien ended up being a very different movie than the one they thought they were making. Um, but Alien, at least, was a very serious film. There was a lot of fun in Aliens, and there was a lot of humor, and there were a lot of grunts making jokes. It just wasn't quite as over the top as it was here. But, you know, I'll think about, like, the toilet scene. It was something was at the blob. I've seen those kind of toilet scenes, some, something coming up under the toilet in other horror movies before. Um, I don't know if they predated that. That only is there either. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. I get that. Oh, Dreamcatcher. Stephen King in the book. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't even look. No, we shall not talk about that movie. Right. I concur. Yeah, that, that is, um, uh, yeah, that is definitely something that does belong in the conversation with, with toilets. I think that is true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, drink careful. Anyway, moving on from toilets. Right, right, right. So, yeah, yeah, so there, there is uh, some aspects of the film that are directly B-movie that takes it off the map of being uh, closer to a film like Aliens. But Mike does have a fair point, which is uh, Summers as a writer um, and as a director, too. Uh, as we've seen in The Mummy, that film with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Wise, uh, is a lot of tongue-in-cheek and silliness. Um, that appear, and that was, quote-unquote, a mainstream uh, film and not a true B film, even if it was a B topic. Um, and so I'll, I'll point out that um, Kevin J. O'Connor uh, with the... Um, oh, uh, Joey. Fantucci, Joey. You played Joey. Joey, right. Yeah, he improved most of his lines in the film, um, so a lot of the humor comes from his character. Now, I understand didn't work for Eric. It worked for me. Um, mostly I, I enjoyed it because he was the cartoon character who kept getting beaten and abused, and it was mostly the beating and abusing of the character that I liked. Um, yeah, she broke my nose. In the, in the so, elevator. Or I just, you know, uh, I said, I don't like you. You don't even know me. I, I got a kick out of that. Um, but... You know, again, humor is is what it is. It either works for you, it doesn't. Uh, but yeah, now I get now I'm, I'm like recasting this film with the Harrison Ford version. <laughs> like, well, like, as, I'm, looking, as, I'm like looking as, at Anthony Held and thinking, no, no, you put Nick Nolte in there instead of Anthony Held. Oh, it looked just like Nick. <laughs> Nick. I actually thought it was him, to be honest, for a while. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who you put in for West Duty. Um, well, yeah, I'll tell you one thing: you keep Famke Jensen, Jansen, because the that red dress, high heels with the blue. Oh, stop. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, there was, the one moment of humor in the movie that did work for me is when the mercenaries open the elevator and uh, Treat Williams and uh, the mechanic dude and Pamby Jensen are in there and the two two men are holding machine guns <laughs> and the mercenaries make them drop and, and Famke Jansen has been holding her shoe like she's going to smash a bug with it and like they look over at her and she like drops her shoe. <laughs> that made me laugh, but the rest of it didn't. Well, and the funny thing is it's it's a flat, right? So, you know, she, she's not running around in high heels. I thought you would appreciate that. Yes, yes. But it does make a shitty weapon then. But the dress, dude, the dress. Anyway, Probably also not a Settle down, guy. Beavis. <laughs> but you're right. If it was a stiletto, uh, that, that would have been pretty pretty awesome. Yes. But they didn't go that way. But you could put an eye out with that thing. 
Yeah, yeah. We've seen plenty of films where the stiletto uh, kills people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we've reviewed at least three films with, with the stiletto killing somebody. Um, and we've seen a couple of films like Jurassic World where the stiletto was... But that wasn't this movie. ...was woman power. Um, yes, yes, it was not this film at all. Uh, but that doesn't mean it couldn't be entertaining. Um Anyway, uh, where else do we want to go? Um, yeah, so what, let's talk about what's going on here. So basically what it is, is we have this guy, and I don't even know what he does. Uh, this is the Treat Williams character, he's, and why he's in the South China Sea. But he, he runs a boat or something. I, I don't know what it is. And he is a boat pilot. He, 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 he captains a boat, and he puts people on his boat and brings them to the places that they want to go to. No but question. Why, why would they be in, in the South China Sea, which is like very far away from where he Because somebody paid him to go take them to the South China Sea. That's where he All is. Right. That's where this is. Fair enough. So he's out there. I was uh, in Tatooine. All right. So he's out there um, with his crew. And then there's this giant uh, resort boat that's out there, too, um, doing its maiden voyage. And. Um, then there's this group of people uh, that are, uh, we find out pretty quick, are some sort of black op mercenary types. Um, but, but you know, we don't know too much about it uh, because uh, they're kind of uh, on the QT for a bit. Uh, there's even a scene where the leader of the group questions Treat Williams' character, and Treat Williams' character goes, basically, I know nothing. I just want my check. I know nothing. I just want my check. Um, in so many words. So um, that's the pretty much the, the setup, right? I mean, so there's kind of three groups. There's Treat Williams and his crew, which are I think there's only like two or three people. And then there's the giant uh, ocean liner. And then there's these group of mercenaries. Did I miss anything? Anyone want to add? No, that's <laughs> it. I think you got it. Okay. Um, Captain and Joey is the, I guess, mechanic. And uh, the other person whose name I... Lilia. 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 First mate, I guess. And and kind of, sort of, Joey's love interest. Not that it matters much. No, 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 not really. Uh, And I don't even know if it's mutual. Um... So, yeah, so that's there's basically three of them, I think. That's all, all we came up with. And then there's a, a large group of, as uh, Eric said, caricatures that are um, the oh, the two heads of the boat, the the ocean cruiser, and then the, all the mercenaries. They're all like generic. Yeah, they're they're your, they're your mercenaries. They um, now they they cast a diverse group, um, and the main reason they do that is I think so that they visually stand out to you and therefore they don't have to worry about giving them distinct personalities. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Now I think the a different film and better film. Um even I again I still like this one. Something like Predator where they were visually distinct and also had personalities. Right. And they're all from the same same nation. They weren't weren't just a vagabond of, of group of people. I mean they were diverse in, in the sense that ethnically and whatnot, racially and whatever. But they were all like Americans. Here you got an Australian, right. all, yeah. 
But anyway, go on. Right, this is not like, you know, so one of the complaints about another horror movie, uh, Alien 3, is that you have a bunch of uh, bald white British dudes. And they end. Well, there's a black a black guy there, too. And, and the one, one black, black guy. Black American but, guy. Yeah. Right. But Charles, aside from Charles Dutton, um, it's a bunch it's of bald like white guys with British yeah. accents, and they all blend together, uh, at least on the first viewing. Uh, and people found that confusing. You know? oh, yeah. so, okay. And in this case, they, you know, they, they have, you know, um, a fairly diverse cast, and I think listen, a, a talented cast based on how many of them have actually gone on to do other things. Um. But again, that's not really the job. They had, their job is to basically die a horrible death. That's the reason why they're there in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one review uh, said it, it was a bunch of red shirts, basically, and, and that's that's kind of basically they have they called it the Kurt Russell type lead, and then a bunch of red shirts. So Trey Williams, and then a bunch of red shirts. Yeah. Well, see, see, like Kurt Russell, I think he's the person you go to after Harrison Ford. Yes, yes. And then Treat Williams, I think if Treat Williams passed it, that's when they would have gone to Bruce Campbell. I think that's right. how the pecking order would have gone. And, and, and you know what? Bruce Campbell may have made the film more popular. I don't know. Not that Treat Williams was bad, but Bruce Campbell has a, a huge cult following. Has, has, has developed a cult following over the years, absolutely. Yes, 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 indeed. Um, so, yeah, if he, he was Treat Williams level back in this year, 1990. Seven or whatever the hell this film was came out, uh, or '98, uh, he would have had uh, uh, done quite well, I would think. No, 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 no. But this, let's be honest, this, if this starred Bruce Campbell, unless it was directed by Sam Raimi, it was not going into theaters. That, that that's fair too. That's fair too. It would that, then it would be direct to video, and right. the visual effects would have been done by a video toaster. Well, it's just like uh, Kevin for the time. Kevin, Kevin J. O'Connor. You know, he was cast because he was friends with Summers, and he was cast in Paul Thomas Anderson's films because he was friends with him. So he got a lot and, of roles. And, if this, was the, and if this was the Bruce Campbell version, Ted Savini would be playing the Kevin <laughs> uh, role. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Just as punchable. Yes, 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 he is. Um, uh, no, no, Mike, Mike, who, so who would have cast Ted Savini again? Tom Savini. I said, if you're dealing with the. Well, it was uh, not Ted Savini. Yes, Ted, uh, Ted Raimi. Ted. Uh, oh, thank you. I, I knew who you meant. That's confused. why I said punchable. I said Ted Savini. Ted, Ted Raimi. Yes. Yeah, that's why I was confused. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Um, all right. So, um, the the big twist is, uh, well, there's two things. There's a monster, well, I mean, and, and there's, so a, there's bad like people. Red shirts. The only person actually wearing red is not a red shirt, and that is, you know, the Fumke Jensen character, who's a thief. Right. Yeah, it's yes. dropped rather. Apparently, not a very good one. Yeah. No. <laughs> when I was watching it at the, at the beginning, I, I thought maybe she was like a super spy or something, but no, she wasn't. She was just some random chick that was on the boat that liked stealing money and stuff. It seemed like. Am I right to think that she wasn't like a, she wasn't like you know uh, um, Cary Grant in To Catch a Thief or something, right? Or or Pink Panther or something, right? She's definitely a pickpocket. She seems, I don't know, good or not, because they seem to know that she's done it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, so, so she's kind of a minor uh, criminal, not 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 a major caper type artist. But 
so I was a little confused on that. It, it was really more just to have a a a, a attractive woman uh, have a in, in the film, I think, and and she did well. She she was fine. It's just that yeah, she's her, a strong her actress. Story, yeah, and what I meant was her storyline comes out of nowhere and has nothing to do with the rest of the film. So that's what I mean when her role just seemed out of place at first. Um, Can I just say that um, do not recommend anybody listening to this podcast going to a life of crime? But if you happen to choose that as your profession and you do decide to steal some valuable goods, one, boats are probably not the best place to do that because you're trapped on the boat. But number two, if you're going to do that, then try to wait till you're like close to shore right before you disembark so you can go somewhere. Yeah. Trapped yeah. on a boat in the middle of the ocean with the stolen with goods. Cameras everywhere probably. Cameras uh, everywhere. Yeah, that, that time. Yeah, even back You're giving that. them plenty of time to find you, to find out the theft happened, for the captain to realize his ID was lifted. You know, if this had happened, like, as they were pulling into port, completely different story. Well, and uh, how did you utilize the uh, high-tech system on the ship, uh, which took three CDs to hack into? That's right. Yes, CDs. What are CDs? <laughs> yeah, that's a true point. Yeah, what, what are CDs? People that are younger this is this film because again this is 25 year old film so someone that's listening to this podcast that's 18 is probably going what the hell is a cd unless oh, they're one of those collectors programs. kids kids don't understand this like we used to have special programs where they would send you uh free cds from the fine people at uh, aol in the mail they would just be constantly giving you new free cds to help that with that cd security system well those weren't really cds those were cd roms but yeah. the same idea the same idea, yeah, yeah. They're basically like Blu-rays with only audio, right? And you could use them only. You use them only, <laughs> and they could also hold data for computers. Yeah, they could hold seventy minutes worth of music. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually bought a few CDs recently as collectors things because uh, some artists that I won't name to not piss off Eric um, released his uh, LPs and CDs and for uh, for collectors, and so I, I snag a few of those every so often. So I have a couple of those. Um, but uh, but yeah yeah. So some people that are younger may may actually know what they are if they, if they're a collectible type of person because they're they're kind of popular as collectibles now too. Um, and and they're kind of like cassettes and LP stuff. People are are actually selling now for thirty bucks a piece and and brand new. You know, while back I still, in the day, I still have nothing. hundreds of CDs. You know that most my wife no, is fired. Too. The reason I brought it up is just to point out that that was the technology available at the time, yeah. which probably explains yeah. the CG. Yeah, but you know, yeah. Was, yeah. but you know, it was awesome technology at the time. The guns. Those guns were pretty impressive in the film. Those are, uh, those are pretty. I am not a gun guy, but I would love a gun like that. I'm not a gun guy either, but I'm I fairly would, sure those guns don't actually exist. <laughs> they kind of they, they have me, unlimited like, ammo too. It seems like yeah, they kind of reminded me of Predator or Die Hard. You know, it was the same type of error, I think, right? Kind of close. So I don't it think like, it's an error. <laughs> it, well, it's just one of those things where where those type of guns and people just shooting them at nothing just to shoot. No, but, 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 but I would find something era, to shoot at if I had a gun like that. Yeah. 
Just, um, just to translate your Boston accent, Barrett, he was saying era, not era. era. Not era. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so, yeah, that's true. I did not say the R. Yeah, I just can't do it. Um, so, what else do we want to discuss? Um, yeah, so let's talk about it. So, there's actually four. There's Famke Jensen, the thief. There's the... The, the people on the ship, specifically the the, the um, captain group, you know, the, the, the crew, the head people. And then there's the mercenaries, and then there's treats people. Am I right? That's the four groups, right? Four different plot lines. And then the monster is the fifth plot line. And then there's Gene the Hackman's group working their way up to the bow of the ship. <laughs> uh, so what do we want to talk about? So... I mean, where do you want to go, Mike? This is your film. What, what, what do you want to talk well, about? Well, I mean, it, it, it's a very simple plot. Um, it's uh, Anthony Held is the, the, the shipping magnet or whatever he is uh, who's turning into this luxury hotel casino on the ocean in order to make a fortune. Um, and spoiler warning is up, right? So, spoiler yep, yep. warning. It, it, it costs more to run it than it does to, than what they're making off it. It's terribly unprofitable. <laughs> no. Which doesn't make sense because it's full, so I don't know. Did he owe a big loan on making it? Because, I don't know. Something about that just didn't sound right to me. Well, they at least point out that, you know, uh, he fucked up the math, right? <laughs> so that somehow he figured out this is how much the ship would cost to build and cost to run. And something like that you know, I imagine, you know, you can have a thing that's, uh, like, so successful it becomes unprofitable. Like, if, you're, if you, you make a product and you lose a dime off every product, but you end up having to sell 10000 of the product, you, know, you end up losing, you know, $1,000. Um, so I could very easily see how, just by having that many people on the board and it's the cost per customer, you just fucked up the math. Um, now, I don't imagine it could have gotten all the way through investing something like that and and you know make it to this point without somebody having double checked the work to make sure it happened but whatever it is it is the part of the premise of the film so fine and so he has hired these mercenaries uh to sink the ship because the, the the mercenaries have brought torpedoes on the boat um that they plan to use to sink the Argonautica whatever it was called um and Therefore, he will recoup his losses through insurance. Um, and that's supposed to be the plot, except they basically sail too close to Kong Island or something. And uh, a giant sea monster kills everybody on board in a way that is completely infeasible, unfeasible. But nevertheless, it happens. All right. I think that that pretty much sums it up. That that was a good good synopsis. Your thoughts, Barrett? You think that was a good synopsis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, Mike. The, the the creature works here about the same way the Ben Gardner's head technique works, right? Like how does it? Yeah, yeah. Everybody on board the ship, you know, just just because there's a boat on the water, monsters on the water, does it mean it gets to kill everybody on board a large ship with lots of doors that feel tight? You know, um, but nope, it's okay. It's on the water. Kill everybody. 
There's, yeah. there's, there's only so much plot logic you can ask for. Right, right. Well, and everybody is stuck on the ship, right? So, so there's not nothing they can do about it. Um, and there's a there's a placard at the beginning of the the movie that talks about how this part of the uh, South China Sea is kind of like a Bermuda Triangle. Um, ships disappear, people disappear. The bottom of the ocean is further and 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 I guess longer than the top of Mount uh, the Himalayas. Um, Mount Everest, some whatever. Her bastards recently found out. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Rest in peace. Um, so, yeah, so this this part is um, so they, they're talking about how this part is a very uncharted area, and there's been a lot of uh, missing in action people uh, over the years, and uh, so to let us know in advance that yeah, this isn't uh, that there's something bad's gonna happen. Something bad's gonna happen. And something bad does happen. Um, right. I was, just, I, I was just I was just waiting for for uh, them to go to a, a Mexican uh, convenience store and ask some guy that's drunk uh, why these American planes that disappeared for 50 years ago suddenly appear in the desert. That's my close encounters reference. The first. So this is this is a lot more like the uh, Ripley bringing the Marines to Hadley's Hope, and they get there, and everybody, and the whole thing is deserted, and so they decide. Hey, let's go find out what killed everybody. Right, right, right. Now the Marines in aliens, except instead of finding a little girl, they find Famke Jensen. That's true. That's true. And they don't make silly jokes. I mean, they do their grunt stuff, but but it's, but no. I mean, they're all serious and they're all concerned about their lives. Well, here it's a it's a it's a little different. They're they're more it's a more of a silly movie. Uh, but yeah, they find Famke Jensen. And uh, she kind of j- joins up with them as well. Um, so, uh, what do you want to go now from here, Mark? Right, right. That's the whole setup. You got it. We got everybody on the big ocean cruiser now. Uh, the, the ship, the little ship, as you, as I think you mentioned, Mike, uh, that treat rides uh, hits one of the the lifeboats from um, the Argonasta or whatever the name of the the the, the big sea ship is and so it needs parts and so treat and his group uh agree to go with the mercenaries onto the big ship because maybe they can barter for parts to repair their ship or whatever by the way why the hell would they have parts on that ship for uh, the other boat that makes no sense yeah no it doesn't <laughs> no, no, there's not. There's there might be some interchangeable parts, but yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. Right, right. I mean, they, they all they I mean, had to do. If they needed a three eighths bolt, yeah, sure. But right, <laughs> maybe, maybe. What, I don't know boats. What, what, no, no, Mike. What I was going to say is, is if they had just thrown a line in that says that says something like, "Well, we may be screwed, but there could be a minor chance huh. that we can find something on the screwed. boat." Get it. Oh, yeah, he's so screwed. Um, you know, if they had said something like that where, okay, our chance is probably zero, but at least we're going to take a shot, I, w- I would have felt a little better with it. So well, I, it would be useful if we found out if it was like a ubiquitous part. Um, you know, that it was that oh, yeah. all, they could have said it was a, a movie part. weakness, and it's not only in this movie. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. the sort yeah. of how the, the generic scientist type always knows exactly what information that the, the team needs to know to survive, uh, whether it's the, you know, the field he studies or not. Um, 
you know, right. this, oh, oh, this, oh, or uh, like like the last movie we we did, Mike, uh, Blood and Gold, where it was just coincidental the villain and the good guy had the same blood type and they could do a blood transfusion. Yeah, just, you know, something like that. It, it just happens. It's it's a movie moment. That's all. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit like saying, "Oh no, my gun is out of bullets. I'm going to take these bullets off a complete stranger and use his bullets instead, because all bullets go into all guns." Right. It's um, right. right. Yeah. But who knows? Um, you a know, thirty odd six like use the shotgun shell. That's that's true. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, uh, it's a fair point, Eric. Fair point. So where else? Whatever. We, want to go? we need your help. Um, here. Where else we want to go? Barrett, what do you got? What do you got, Barrett? Um, I don't know. I'm off tonight, so <laughs> just go to somebody else. Well, I was gonna say, I think that it's a nice. I like the fact I was paying attention to the time. That's uh, it's a little bit more than a 90 minute movie, and uh, if you break it up into, th- it really works almost a third, a third, and a third. Where it's a third of the film is kind of the setup. Um. And then a third of the film is them exploring the ship, and but us not seeing the monster. And then the last third of the film is when the, the, the tentacles kind of start to, start to appear. The, the creatures start to make themselves visible to the audience uh, and the camera. Um, obviously, some of the characters see the monster beforehand, but they don't live very long, and we never see it through their eyes. Uh, but I think that's nice story structure. Uh, it's not brilliant. But like they don't they don't drag it out. Uh, there are well, certain films. Yeah, that this is this this it doesn't need to be a two and a half hour uh, extravaganza. Well, yeah, I mean, it, no, it, it knows it does. I thought it was a neat reveal that all the whole movie they're referring to them, you know, the monsters as as multiple, and then uh, the big reveal at the end is that all these tentacles are attached to one fucking huge underwater monster. Uh, octopus thing, and that was that was pretty cool. Even it did, it did look laughable. Yeah, well, Barrett, you gonna say something? Oh, just that it knows. You know, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Sure, sure. I, I, <laughs> I did feel one one issue, uh, but again, as Mike said, it's a ninety minute film, and so you know, there's a lot of red shirts. Basically, the entire crew of our and and customers or that are on the the. I guess the cruiser, whatever it's called, the Argonautica or whatever it's called. Now, uh, you know, the the handful, there there was no, again, again, this is a film, so they're going to only focus on the survivors. Unfortunately, for the survivors, all the, or or for us, the audience, all the survivors are, are like the bosses. And so, and and Van Key Jensen. So, there was no, literally, there was literally no stragglers um, at all. And, when you have a cruise ship that has probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, you figure there would be at least one or two stragglers here or there. Um, and if this was a longer film, maybe they would have had that. Um, so that that kind of, you know, is, is a B-movie trope. But uh, I just wanted to point that out as, as something that I noticed well, that was kind of strange. And and part of it is because it's a low-budget film. They, they can only pay so many people. Um, having something like in the uh, – Sign adventure where they ran across another group of survivors might have been interesting. Um, I could certainly see a whole lot of these people being dead. 
But I also imagine that there would be pockets of people who have survived in little corners, somebody who shut themselves up in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a room that doesn't have a window. Um, right, right. I, I, but, but the whole point is to uh, get rid of as many people as you can. And, you know, in fairness, we have uh, a couple of crew members survive. Uh, along with the the captain and the um, the owner of the boat, but not for very long. Sure, sure, sure. Now, now I, I did like um, the the corpse room. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, the corpses were pretty rad. Yeah, because basically what happens is that the creatures absorb uh, people and you know basically take all their flesh and then they just spit out the bones. Um, and, and how about that guy, that the mercenary that that gets spit out? That, I, I that love that part. That was <laughs> good. He he asked that that uh, CGI or whatever makeup or whatever they did looked pretty good. I felt. Uh, but well, and but, I also enjoyed the one guy who was getting eaten, and so the the mechanic gave him a gun. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the, the guy getting eaten is an asshole. He tries to shoot him, and then realizes there was only one bullet. Yeah. It's like that's what you get for being a dick. Yeah, right, I right, thought right. that's that is a that's uh, sort of like the well, not really the Gorman scene, but we've we've seen this before, like where's the you know the the, the 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 two guys that just are loggerheads the entire time, but then finally one of them is about to die a horrible death, and the other one's like, here you go, you can put yourself out of your misery and. Save yourself. You'll go out with some dignity instead of dying in a horrible, horrible fate. You know, in that moment that they look at, they like lock eyes in each other, and they finally, finally, there's a sign of respect there, and it just plays on that trope, right? That that whole thing, and and just so for when, and then when when West Duty turns the gun on him and tries to shoot him, I, I thought that was hysterical. I loved it. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, it, the it, that, okay, and then the look on his face when he's like, click. Yeah, yeah, that but, was awesome. Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> die a terrible, painful death. But 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 it, it was just weird those those mercenaries because I mean I mean I know they're they're mercenaries and I know their job is basically being evil and illegal. But it was just weird. I felt the antagonism they had uh, to treat William's crew. Um, well, they basically had the antagonism <laughs> towards towards. Uh, towards Joey, who is annoying, but 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 was he, well, how did he offend him though? Yeah, go on. There. No, the, the, all those mercenaries were way too testosterone for my taste. They were just like alpha mailing up for no particular reason. Yeah, oh, well. the phrase we now use is toxic masculinity. <laughs> I was specifically trying to avoid using that phrase because yeah. well, because it, it was fake. It, like I, I I don't think that's what it should be used for. But you're not wrong. Right, right, because because the the masculinity that these people did would be the type that would do it at a football game. It wasn't the type of activity or way I think they would act if they were in the situation they were. Because again, I, you know, I, I compared, I said Poseidon, I know Poseidon, a, a, a predator earlier, and yeah, they were all mis masculine testosterone guys too. But and they, they had jokes and stuff as they were flying in. But once they got there. There was no jokes at all, and you know, and really, I mean, there was a little bit, but nothing of ridiculousness. And they they took the whole thing serious. They were taking their lives and their danger that they were in seriously. Here, not so much. And I think that was 
think there's a little cockiness. There's definitely cockiness going in there. Um, but I don't. I just think. Remember, he he is introduced to the audience more or less. Joey uh, sneaking a peek into the the mercenaries' things. Right, right, right. right. And and so he's sort of immediately violating the no questions asked rule, which yeah. is why they hired Street Williams in the first place. And so these are guys who clearly don't like strangers or asking questions. I, I have to say, this is d- directly like The Abyss, too. That that exact scene is in The Abyss with an equally annoying character. Oh, 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 yeah. yeah um, Michael Bean, right? No, well, yeah, but the, the guy that's that annoying has, like, the rat. Yeah, yeah, that's he right. He comes in to see what they've got, and he finds out they have the nuclear weapon. It's, right, it's right, like right. a very, very similar. Well, well, this movie, as 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 Mike mentioned, this movie is obviously trying to take things from all those films that were A movies, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's kind of a copy, but but yeah, your point is. Well, I don't well, even know if it's that all that original with. Um, yeah, those films too. Yeah. With this either, um, right. and some of it's just you know you marinate in these movies for so long, um, you're going to pick up elements without necessarily intending to do it it's just you know you, you just like we can watch a movie and a lot of times we just we know where it's going because we've seen we know the rhythms we know the 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 way these things play out and it's like oh okay no you're the you're the love interest and so we're not going to say that we're going to accuse it just it's like ingrained in our bones we've absorbed so much almost on a subconscious level you don't necessarily say oh i know why this is exactly like this movie it's just oh this is one of those things We've seen so many times, and it's just like seeing when you're writing it, you also tend to fall into tropes pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and and for example, the bullet scene, the suicide bullet scene, is 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 exactly one of those tropes. But that's where he was found a way to flip the trope on its head. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That is true. Um, you know the the hooker with the heart of gold trope. The two leads who can't stand each other but are really madly in love with each other is a trope. You know, uh, the annoying sidekick. Trope. There's a, it's, this is a very, very tropey film. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eric, what else you got? Uh, was that something that you wanted to bring up that uh, we haven't talked about just yet? No. Alright, so Mike, what else you got? We, we need more stuff, Mike. We need more stuff. Oh... You're the one that likes this movie. Sell it. I like it. Barrett liked it. Yeah. It has a special place in my heart. I mean, I just like Treat Williams in this film. I I, like when, <laughs> I just love when he's like, what now? And he keeps saying that. I, I like that part. I mean, there's just things like that that just pulled me into the movie, and I just enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, a lot of actors besides him that are in here – I've seen in other things, and I like them too. So, yeah, yeah. I will say it's it's hard. Um, I think, like, I think they to me they give us a lot of characters I enjoyed watching get eaten. Um, I, I think the creature design for me, even if the effects aren't great, the creature the creature design itself is is decent. Um, but the, the tentacles are are also very very tremorsy. Um, uh, but. Um, by the way, I should also point out the they make a, a passing reference 
to uh, Archaea Otoya um, as being the this is the creature. Well, what is it going to be when it's you're, you're eleven thousand feet down? Uh, the whole thing is bullshit. The the creature they're referring to has been extinct for you know millions and millions millions of years. Um, there is no living sample, and the whole thing of that's uh, this far down they eat sharks. No, that's that's also bullshit. Um, the whole thing is bullshit. Um, well, well, it, it just just for them to randomly think of those things is like who knows that trivia anyway. Is, you know, it's just silly. Yeah, it's just a, yeah. It was, it's such a weird ass. This is not a Tyrannosaurus Rex. If you're going to be pulling a, a, a prehistoric creature, or, or even a, a, a Eurypterid sea scorpion that you're pulling out, it's just it's just like the. Most obscure of obscure things. Um, I don't even know why they needed it in there, besides the you know, right. the moment of exposition to give the audience something to latch on to into knowing what it is. But I don't think the audience needed it to know exactly what this is. It's a big ass thing with tentacles, and it ends right. up being far more because of that, like um, an octopus or a cephalopod of some sort, than it does the Atoya creature, which was a worm-like thing. Um, yeah, that's and you, have, point and you have living things like sandworms that were probably a better represent, uh, better example, but they they were not, they, but they were in like just worm-like creatures, not tentacled creatures, and it and, and creatures with tentacle tentacles don't have mouths at the end of their tentacles. There's all sorts of things. If we try and find a real-world analog to what this is, because um, I went on down the internet hole last night after watching the movie. And about the film and like picking up little bits and pieces about it, and, and one of which was a conversation trying to find out what the creature is, and and some people were like really trying to figure out what it was, and it was like no 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 they 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 just bullshitted you. But I will say this is got to be take some effort to put a movie uh, about a giant sea creature with a bunch of tentacles and never have anybody use the term of craftian to describe it. Well, well, that's what I was about to say because I was thinking of underwater. I think that's the name of it, yeah. the one with Christmas Stewart. And and you know, is it outer beings? Is it uh, alien? You know, space creature type thing like like uh, um, maybe that film or, or, or uh, Cloverfield or something. And, and I'm, I I think I concur with you, Mike, that it would have been kind of more interesting if we didn't get the synopsis or, or or they said something silly like like you know similar to like Godzilla where oh yeah back in the day China was using doing nuclear testing out here and you know so okay well, that's what it probably is but but they didn't they had to come up with this just like a right on the nose type of thing with this obscure stuff that even the, the biggest trivia person would never know so it was just silly I, I thought it was unfortunate yeah and I I just want to remind everybody you got that Christopher Nolan Godzilla prequel coming out in a couple of weeks. Oh, interesting. I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know it existed. He's talking about Oppenheimer. Yeah. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, the man who made the, the device that killed, that created Godzilla. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, let's, see, let's see. So, uh, let's talk about um, the owner of the ship. So, we find out midway through the movie that he's actually part of the mercenaries in the sense that he's the one that actually hired the mercenaries. And, so, and did you mention his biography before? Um, I know he passed away about 15 years ago. Uh, but John, John fans will almost certainly know him as the director from Silence of the Lambs. The, oh, yeah, the head that's of the, right. Of the, the Institute. Yeah, uh, 
That's right. That's that, ha- that uh, Hannibal Lecter follows on the plane yeah. at the end of the film. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he had different color hair back in that film. Yeah. yeah, he didn't look like Nick Nolte, put it that way. And, and he has a he has a he has a, the screen presence where he just is just one of those uh, face punchable people that Eric likes to talk about. Uh, my understanding is though, over the years, because I've seen a lot of things that he's done. He's supposed to have been a, a very lovely man, a very nice guy, but he just comes across as an asshole on screen. Yeah, um, he got he got typecast, there's no doubt. But he does it so well. He really does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not a, a bad thing. I mean, he knew his place. He knew he wasn't going to be, you know, the, the lead of a film, so he had to find roles, and, and that was a role, and he was good at it, so he, he took them, and uh, he was really really good, and he was in a lot of bigger bigger things. It wasn't like he was he was, you know, just collecting the paycheck stuff. He was actually playing in a list movies like you mentioned, uh Silence of the Lambs, you know. Yep. It's true. I didn't know he passed away though, Mike, but it makes sense because you yeah, haven't heard from him recently. So yeah. Yeah. And that's crazy because you said fifteen years ago and it's like, oh my God, Silence of the Lambs is older than fifteen years. Jeez, that's an old film. Yeah. Damn. Time flies. It's depressing. You, you need to get over the whole uh, time passing thing. Yeah, it's Mike's fault. It's getting hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, this congratulations. Time the time passing thing usually uh, makes the opposite happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like my, my buddy's uh, son, she just got he just got married, and he's twenty four. And I remember oh, I, the kid was. I gone. take it back. Like, he didn't oh, pass away. God. I don't know who I'm thinking of, but I thought he had passed away. He didn't. He's oh, my God. You're killing him off, Mike. Uh, off yeah, time. at least we got to correct it on the air this time instead of getting a note from a listener. I could have sworn <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, August 25th, check. 1944. Yeah. Right Michigan State there, Eric. There you go. Which doesn't sound old because, you know, my parents were, were in the 90, early 30s. But, yeah, 1990, 1944, now it's, what, in the 70s now? Or 80s or something? Oh, my gosh. I don't even want to add. 78. He's 78. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. Again, Eric, I'm sorry. I, I have to get over these things. I apologize. No, you should oh, wait, Jesus, he's a therapist, he was a, man. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I should have known he was alive. Do you know why? Why is that? He was in Alone. Alone, Alone. Which Alone? Oh, yeah. Alone. What's alone? Which alone? The one, the one uh, who reviewed and interviewed and the director on? Director, yeah. Oh, what, what role did he play in that? I don't remember that. He was the guy that, they, that the girl, after she escapes, stumbles into in the middle of the woods. Oh, and he gets killed, the poor bastard. Spoiler yeah. alert. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> For a five-year-old year old film or so. Yeah, um, yeah that, that is a... Uh, a, a three-year-old film now. Yeah, yeah. We were supposed to direct uh, interview him again, but uh, that fell through for some reason, and that is what it is. But these things happen. Uh, we're always willing to have him back on, though. Um, so, uh, what else have you got, Mike? Uh, where did you want to go with this? Um, we, we just well, talked about. You know, I I know Eric talks about how ridiculous the movie is, and and there is certainly ridiculousness in this film. Uh. <laughs> But one of the things that movies can do, and one of the ways to sell people on a movie is just to say, you know, let's give them something they've never seen before. And water skiing, and not water skiing, jet skiing through a sinking ship, fighting a giant tentacled monster, I think that kind of goes up there with the things I've never seen before. Well, okay. (laughs) It's it's the... (laughs) 
there might be a reason. I know I've referenced this before. It's the Calvin and Hobbes strip, uh, which for something else that may be escaping generations, please, if you don't know Calvin and Hobbes, go buy the book or the Kindle of the Calvin and Hobbes cartoon strips from the 80s and 90s. Um, where, where Calvin is out is playing with his toys, um, and it's and through the typical Calvin and Hobbes buildup, um, it, it it's revealed that it's it, what his imagination has conjured up is F-15s being piloted by Tyrannosaurus Rexes. And, I see that. I pay to see that. And and. And you know Hobbes is saying this is going, this is so stupid, and Calvin is saying this is so cool. And oftentimes the two things go hand in hand. There are some things that are that are both really stupid and really cool. Um, which is, by the way, how a lot of young men spend their 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 bored Saturday afternoons in the summer is coming up with stuff that's both simultaneously really stupid and really cool. Which is how they end up going home injured, and mom's going, "Why did you do that?" Because it was cool. Because it was cool, yep. Because it was cool. That was so stupid. This is pretty much the whole cool and stupid thing is the entire reason we know the name Evil Knievel. And that's that's why, unfortunately, uh, things like uh, TikTok are are popular. Because people think it's, it's cool even though it's stupid. But don't 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 curse me for for attacking people on social media. No, dude, I've never even installed TikTok on my phone. Fuck that platform. Oh, it's it's, it's yeah. I, I had it on a, a week, and then I said I don't use it. This this makes no sense, I'm, and I deleted it. It was taking up too much space. Gone. Plus, um, I got your account numbers. They do. The Chinese got me. Those bastards. Red China. Gonna watch yeah. out for them. They're gonna nuke us. Oh God! Thanks, Mike. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. All right, I'll just say I'll just say it now to Taylor Swift. Okay, there. I, there. So, so I, I. Oh, World War Two. All right, there you go. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I got that was some good levity. You got to give me that. Yeah, but you have a very weird kind of Tourette. Yeah, yeah. At least that was a, a pure, purely. Yeah, Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's right. Well, I, I want. I didn't want to. Here's the question that we. Really I didn't want to show my hand. You know, Eric is is the. Is this is the giant tentacled sea creature the type of oceanic beast that you would consume? Uh, no, I don't eat. I don't eat shit that comes out of the ocean. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, we don't want to go get into that argument again, Mike. That, uh, that, 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 that caused some problems a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's go uh, anyway, uh, um, but yeah, yeah. That, that, over in, in that part of the, the world. Um, Octopus type stuff like that are, is eating quite quite a lot. Actually, oh, no. in uh, Rhode Island, I have to do it. Yeah, in, in Rhode Island, the, the the big bridge that goes over the Narragansett to uh, New Newport, um, all, all the folks from uh, Lowell, the, the Vietnamese folk that live up in Lowell, Massachusetts, they, and Cambodians and whatnot, they all go down there during a certain time of the year, and it is like thousands and thousands of squid. That go under that bridge and and they catch so many, it's like nuts, dude. And 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 um, they, then they sell it at at the fish markets and stuff. But no, no, but guys, you think I'm like exaggerating here? Um, but seriously, I'm so dedicated to not eating seafood that I spent an entire summer summer 
Sama, you said it. Boston. Yes, I did. God damn it, Phil, you're infecting me. Uh, I, I spent an entire summer in Asia and did not eat any seafood. But where, did, where were you staying? Uh, I don't know what it was called. Though. Some hotel. No, no, no. I mean, what, what, what's, what country? Uh, a bunch. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Was it for work? No. I was 17. Gotcha, gotcha. Fair enough. If he tells uh, you, he's going to have to kill you. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to know. It's, what a, it's a long, uninteresting story that the listeners don't need. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, let's see what else. Um, Mike, what else have you got? He was a rent boy in Thailand. I got it now. I, oh, that's oh. where I was at one ago, Mike. You bastard. You, I knew some, Mike would have to say it. I was, I mean, but I was right there with you. Mike, go take your temperature. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, uh, anyway, oh, oh, yeah. You you were in the opium dens of Hong Kong. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, so let's get back to this one here. Uh, or we Mike, can just wrap up the episode because clearly nobody has anything to say. Well, I'm trying to get Mike to to. to well, no, it's just like I said. I I kind of proposed it as a joke. It was it was a, it's a fun film. I enjoy it. There's a lot. I think there's there's some some good moments in it. Um, and we've kind of covered those. Um, I was always a little sorry that. It did badly because I kind of wanted to see the sequel, uh, and I thought it was weird that just a couple of years later we got lost. And I was like, "Wait a minute! <laughs> I remember this. This was the ending to Deep Rising." Um, and we're certainly never going to get the sequel now. I thought yeah, that is true. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Look, it was a light film. It was a fun film. I think Treat Williams was 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 fun in this. Uh, I think he's a charismatic, was a charismatic actor. Um, and, you know, I think, I think he had fun doing this. He seemed like he was having fun. Actually, it seemed like most of the crew were having fun doing this. Um, I did watch it last night with the, uh, the commentary track from, I have the collector's edition DVD or Blu-ray from Kino Larber. Uh, oh, came out a couple of years ago and, uh, it's got a bunch of extra features, including a commentary by Steve Summers, uh, and his editor, whose name I apologize, I do not remember. Uh, but they clearly had a lot of fun making the film. Uh, they talk about how uh, those wonderful special effects uh, that uh, Eric was so impressed by um, basically held the film up for about a year because their original effects house couldn't do it, and they basically had to bring ILM in to fix it all up. And they keep joking about the fact that... Um, at the time they were making the movie, it had been years since anybody had done a giant monster movie, and you know that there had you know there wasn't any like boat movies. And then, you know, in the time that it was delayed, you had like Titanic and Speed Two, and then you had uh, there was Leviathan. a bunch of like, and then you had like you know uh, creature like, like uh, Anaconda come out, and I think the Relic came out, and you know a bunch of you know, creature features came out too, and it was just all of a sudden what made their movie unique suddenly turned into cliche. Um, Relic, is that old now, too? Jeez. Yeah, Relic was, like, around that time. was, like, 97, 98, 99. Um, Leviathan's even older, Phil. That's, like, 1989. Yeah, I know. Leviathan came came out the summer of giant underwater monster movies. It was sandwiched sandwiched between Deep Star 6, what I want to say is, without a doubt, the worst of the three films. Uh, and then was then was Leviathan, which was the most mediocre of the three films. And then there's the Abyss, 
which just is a fucking awesome film. Yeah, it'll actually get released in 4K this year. Right, right. So, so Rowan, is that happening? Oh, finally. It's I'm been so happening every year for a long, long time. Well, that's why I got excited. <laughs> well, you, you, you know what? You know what's, what's terrible is that this movie has someone that has passed away. Relic has someone that has passed away. Uh, Leviathan has had someone that has passed away. Now, has the best had anybody that passed away? I don't know, but but it just shows you that we're, it's time. I, I, I'm die, sorry. Phil. You need you need to get over I know, that. We need to stop doing these tribute episodes. Yeah, well, everybody I, dies. I know. I know. It's terrible. Everything not ends eventually. No, it's not. Not, not everybody died. You know how many people would be here? That would be awful. Too many. Yes. Awesome. Uh, it's better if most people died. Finally, somebody said something more outrageous about people than me. <laughs> oh, I've I've been on that boat for a while. Every time well, I talk to my parents. <laughs> all right. Well, 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 well. Your parents don't agree with you, I assume, or you just sit in. No, they they're just uh, they're. You know, they don't agree with what you said. They're older. All right. Well, uh, either way, either way, uh, any email. Um, Address those two to Barrett. That that had nothing to do with uh, the, the podcast. Right, does not support destroy the world. Does not support each individual's uh, uh, member of the podcast comments. There, Eli Wallach. Fuck you too, Phil. I think Eli Wallach me. <laughs> Eli Wallach was in the abyss and he's dead. Yeah, there you, there go. you go, Phil. Oh my God, it's terrible. That he lived. I just saw a film that uh, he was in because uh, you know, looking for cinema a la carte films. I was watching Mystic River, and he he has a role in it. I was like, that's right, he's dead. Oh my god, it's terrible. But I already know what I'm going to choose for the for the next one. And Mystic River is on the list, but it's not going to be that one. Uh, I think Mike will enjoy the film I do choose. Um, oh so, great. Uh, well, I don't. Yeah, that's uh, just, uh, you, you just said Mike, meaning I'm going to fucking hate it. Uh, well. It's not a, a Mike film necessarily, but it's a subject he may like. That's what I mean. So it's mm. definitely not a Mike film. It's def, it's not you know we're not gonna have like Flash Gordon's and and Twelve Monkeys and all that stuff. To, not that those are bad films, but it's not gonna be like one of those films. Put it that way. You need um, to so it's not gonna be a good movie. It, it is a good movie. It, it's a great film. It's a great film. It's a great film. Is there an actor at some point in the film hanging from a ceiling by a wire from his crotch? In order to give, simulate a flying effect, that's what we need to know. Okay, we have definitely gone, wow, we've gone off the rails at this point. Yeah, yeah totally yeah. gone off the rails. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, Michael, no, probably like, wrap this up like I'm, I suggested not 15 minutes ago. A la carte. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Michael, Michael, know exactly for two reasons why I would choose this film. But, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great, Mike. You keep that to yourself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, it, is it the left one and the right one? No, no. It's All not right. There's no nudity in the film. Um, okay. Let it not be cats. All right. No, it's a film that you would like, I think. Uh, okay. All right, all right. But, but, Mike, that is a fair point about... All right. right. But no, not in this film. Um, all right, because that at least gives it one story. Okay. All right, so let's get into uh, anything else, Mike, on this film that you wanted to bring up. What I think that was his final thoughts, actually. Yeah, like, like I said, I just think it was a fun film. I enjoy it a lot. If If you want to see... Treat Williams did not have a lot of opportunities, I don't think, to really be the leading man. Uh, and this is one where he got to be the leading man. Um, and it fit within the, the 
podcast. But um, yeah, I think it's just I think it's just a fun film. I'm, I'm so sorry, Eric. Uh, has apparently died a little inside since he was last here a few weeks ago and could not find <laughs> it in his heart to enjoy it. Well, I have, but very little of it is due to the movie. I just it's not a movie for me. I, I, and I can understand why some people will enjoy it. It's, just, it's not my thing. Now, uh, Mike, anything else on this film that's not a review-like, but an actual part of the movie itself that you wanted to bring up? He already said uh, no. Let's fucking no, go. Stop. No, okay. All right, so let's move on. So, uh, all right, I guess we get into uh, what we've been watching and, and playing and reading and so on and so forth. So uh, what's that with you, Eric? Since uh, I think you may have a, a, a good amount of lists, uh, maybe, uh, depending on uh, yeah. <laughs> your time. Yeah. Oh, let's see. It's been a while. When, when was the last time I was here? Um, Even if you repeat stuff, it doesn't matter. Artifice Girl... It was the last episode. Okay. So, I think I watched, since we last spoke, a movie called The Ritual Killer, um, which features Morgan Freeman, uh, who plays a college professor helping a police officer try and track down a voodoo ritual murderer, um, which sounds like good stuff, but sadly, it's not. <laughs> Apparently, Morgan needed a paycheck. Um, he's not bad in it, but the movie as a whole, I can't even tell you why it falls flat, but it falls flat. I mean, it looks fine. It's acted fine. The story's like better than a lot of movies I've seen, but the whole thing to me was just like, meh, okay, it's there. Uh, I didn't hate it, but I didn't particularly like it either. Um, I went to the theater and I saw The Boogeyman, Stephen King adaptation. That was also there. <laughs> it's I've seen way worse uh Stephen King adaptations, but I've also seen way better. Um, you know. I, I wouldn't rush out to the theater to see it, but maybe print it. Um I watched a movie called Brooklyn forty five, um, which features Larry Fassbender in front of the podcast Jeremy Holm. Um not gonna talk about it much because I think we're gonna talk about it at some point later, but I'll just say I enjoyed it as did my friend Dan. Um, then I watched The Wrath of Becky, which is a sequel to Becky, which we covered a few years ago, and I think everybody on here enjoyed it to some extent. And it's uh, it's not as good as the original Becky because she's older now, and, and part of the thing with the original is that, hey, look at this cute little girl murdering people. Um and she's she's a teenager now murdering people and not not quite as cute but if you want to watch a girl take out a bunch of grown men you can watch that and it's good I like I I enjoyed it it's just not quite the doesn't have the same punch as the original um and then on Netflix I watched season 6 of Black Mirror I'm not going to say much about that because I think we're also going to talk about that at some point. Um, but I enjoyed it. And uh, apparently Barrett has never watched any Black Mirror. So um, I'm looking forward to see what he thinks of the show as a whole. Uh, I'm a fan. I was happy to get a season six. Uh, and we'll talk about it later. Um, and then I just started watching Silo on Apple TV, uh, which is a show set in a dystopian future where 
there's 10,000 people that live in a silo um, that goes underground. The Something happened and the air outside is poisonous, so they're not allowed to go outside. Nobody remembers what happened because at some point all the information got destroyed. They don't know why they're in the silo or who built it. Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty much the premise. And if it sounds like your kind of thing, check it out. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, think, Rebecca Ferguson is the lead in that. Anything she's in, I'll watch. Yeah, yeah I think we did, we did an episode a few years ago uh, where Eric, you were we were discussing what what is uh, your idea of paradise, and I think you said being trapped underground with thousands of people. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're 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 remembering one of my nightmares. I think that was the thing you said you were looking forward to the most <laughs> when you got to heaven. No, 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 no. That that would be hell. That's why it goes down. <laughs> but anyway, it's a well-done show, so check it out if it sounds interesting. What's the name of the show again? Silo. Silo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tried to watch the first episode, and I was like, yeah, this sucks. But that's just me. I, I, I get bored pretty quick. It's but, based on a, 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 it's a, a, a series. I can't remember. Um, it, it stars the, the chick from, from uh, um, The Office. Oh, what's her what? name? The Silo. The, it stars the chick from The Office, the... the 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 girlfriend before Jen uh, that was from from uh, Connecticut the one that went with him to uh, Jim to uh, English Francis. oh right okay no yeah, what's her name no, no it doesn't actually Silo from Apple TV isn't it but only for one episode oh my God see that's the one episode I watched I thought she was one of the leads that's too funny they must have killed her off no that's uh, why I was sitting here trying to figure out the hell you were talking. I was like Rebecca Ferguson was never in the office what the fuck is you talking about. Yeah, it was the other other girl there, a woman. Um, but yeah, yeah, she was. Peter like, Jones is her name, and she's yeah, in, yeah. she's in the first episode. So you're right, you saw her. Yeah, yeah, she's like like the lead in the first episode too, and, and then I think she's supposed to. Yeah, you're right. I, I read somewhere that someone dies outside or something, and there's a whole thing of mystery about that or something. If you finish the first episode, you would know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I could. It was too boring. I felt I didn't like it. So but, like talking and acting. No, no, I, I watched another show, but I'll talk about that one as much. <laughs> Which is awesome. uh, that's everything I've been watching, uh, but I have been spending a lot of my time playing Diablo 4, um, which I've been enjoying a whole lot. Uh, it's a dungeon crawler. If you've played previous Diablo games and enjoyed them, you'll probably enjoy Diablo 4. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. What character? I'm playing a rogue, and I'm up to level 67. Nice, nice. Are you uh, uh, a boy or a girl, Rogue? I am a woman. Yeah, excellent. excellent. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm doing the barbarian woman, too. Yeah. Very good, very good. Uh, anything else, uh, Eric, you want to bring up? Uh, that's it for me today. All right, sounds good. Um, let's see. Well, oh, when you uh, play the Rogue, uh, do you uh, wear the armor, or do you change it where you don't have to have all the armor on all the time? You, know, I mean, you, can, you can change the appearance so the armor doesn't show up, but no, I don't yeah. do that. I have an appearance. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> just curious. Just curious. I think right, we so know where Phil sits on that. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, well, the barbarian woman. Yeah. Yeah. She's muscular and, and, and she's in a bikini and stuff. So I, I, oh, I, I, I just, I just, you know, just get rid of the armor. I mean, hide the armor so you don't have to see it type of thing. But, you know, yeah, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's a good, good, good character. She's pretty, pretty awesome. Her name's Freya. Norwegian name. Anyway, um, blonde, blue eyes, and all that stuff. Um, all right, so let's go into uh, Mike. What do you got? 
Um, I've watched the TV series uh, from which uh, the first season was on briefly free on uh, Amazon. It's actually, I think, a Stars series. That's the show that I'm talking about, Eric. Uh, yeah. No, it's not Stars. MGM, MGM Plus. MGM Plus. Okay. I, what the it's fuck is MGM Plus? Uh, Epics. Epics. What is Epics? Oh, God damn, there are too many streaming services. Yeah, exactly, Indeed. and that's the problem. Epics, this is like, uh, it was a, was a, came out a couple of years ago, and I know, Eric, you had it for a little bit to watch the film. And then uh, a special it, where they're doing 99 cents a month. And I yeah, did it, right. So uh, for a month. Yeah. So yeah, now um, FGM plus, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah. It stars Harold Pino, Pino, however you pronounce his name from Oz and lost. And, uh, uh, 28 weeks later, uh, and, uh, it's a nice little mystery horror story. Kinda. Sort of vampire vibes, but not exactly. Um, I, I definitely would give it a recommend based on that first ten episode season. Uh, the second season has finished, and I think that's why the first season was available on Amazon. Uh, in a completely non-genre related thing, uh, I watched on Disney Plus the series Mayhem, which was a uh, a uh, sort of a, a, a limited series about. Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem, and their decision to finally record their first album. And if you like The Muppets and you like uh, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, I, I would give it a watch. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it was silly. Uh, a lot of cameos in it in the music business. Um, no Taylor Swift's Phil, sorry. Um, Kevin Smith. I think it was it was is an, epi- an episode where they're doing a documentary and he's filming a documentary about their recording an album, uh, sort of how they did the uh, the one for Get Back for the Beatles. But I said that's a, again not genre. Um, film wise, I've been to the theater a few times. I saw uh, I think it's Across the Spider Verse, the second animated Miles Morales Spider Man film. Spider Gwen. And, and the first film I still think is freaking fantastic, and the second film is almost as good. The only reason I can't give it quite as high a mark is because it's part one of a two-part story, and so there is no resolution to the story. Um, and you can feel it coming if you've seen these things before. If you've ever watched that episode, those, those two-part episodes of TV back in the day, and you're like, you know, like, you're watching the clock, and like, oh, shit, it's almost 9 o'clock. There's, there's no way they're wrapping this up before they cut the commercial. Oh, uh, motherfucker, they're going to go, yeah, 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 so that's what happens. Um, but it's, if you, if you like good animation or you still like superhero films, that, that's certainly worth, worth watching. Um, not as worth watching as Boogeyman, which uh, I did see, and I didn't hate. I actually liked it. it, but I liked it because I have put a thumb on the scale because it's a creature feature, and I like the creature. Um, if you remove that, it's a fairly generic horror story about the monster being symbolic of a family's grief and how they have to overcome their grief and move on to overcome their, their monster. And, you know, it's kind of tropey, to use a word I've already used too many times tonight. Um, but I've certainly seen far worse, and I've especially seen far worse that had the name Stephen King in the title. So, um, yeah, you could do you, if it's. I, I agree with Eric. I think if this is not a bad one to watch, if it's um, 
you know, if it's free on Netflix or Shutter or something like that, give it a, give it a whirl. Um, I don't think you have to rush right out into the theaters. Um, again, for me, I, I, if you have a subscription plan like I do, hey, it's not costing you anything extra. That's a whole different story. Go see everything. Uh, and last, was it last night? Two nights ago, I went to see uh, The Flash before it was out of theaters because it bombed, bombed hard, um, which is weird. A movie that made $70 million its first weekend was considered a bomb. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's not that it was – I don't think it was a horrible film. It was just I, – I found it poorly paced, but I know a lot of people really liked it. But I think when you put a – somebody who just uh, – yeah, well, however you want to put it, uh, a you criminal, psychopath yeah. – um, Woman, weirdo, butcher. possible, depending on how you define it, pervert, um, yeah. groomer. There's, there's no, there's no proof yeah. that he actually had any sexual relations with a child. Um, right, right. But, 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 but there is proof that he punched woman in the head on screen in film doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's 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 not going to help your business. Uh, having everybody know that this is a movie set up to, to lead absolutely nowhere because it's all being undone uh, is is that. Uh, it has some nice cameos, it has some nice surprises in it, but if you're not invested in these things at this point, then that's not going to hold any special appeal to you. Um, I, I, I would, if you like the superhero genre, I would not say don't watch it, but uh, given with the, some of the buzz that Warner Brothers was trying to spin on this early on about it being like one of the greatest superhero movies ever, I, I think that, that it does not live up to that hype. Um, and Ezra Miller, Miller um, plays two versions of himself in this, uh, one in the present and one in the past. And the one in the past is just a fucking annoying douchebag. And to the point where it's not like an, an – you can have some being an annoying douchebag, but that's fun and enjoyable to watch. And then you could just have one that's just annoying to watch. And this is definitely one that's on the annoying side and really made me dislike watching the character on the screen for, for a good 30 minutes of the film. All right. Anything else, Mike? I think that pretty much fills it up. Yeah. Let me ask you, Mike. Um, did, did you say you were going to get MGM Plus to watch season two? Of I did not. Um, I'm probably just going to wait at this point, and mm-hmm. you know, it'll, it'll probably pop up on sale on some uh, provider somewhere, and just buy it. Makes sense. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, for me, um, yeah. So I uh, watched uh, from. Uh, season one and season two. Uh, after season one, I decided to just, re- uh, you know, do a subscription to MGM Plus for whatever amount, five, ten, whatever it is, um, and watch season two because it's it's live now. Uh, of course, I, you get to watch the first six episodes or seven episodes right away, and then of course, as Eric always notes, which sucks is that you have to wait for the next episode, you know, because of the weekly show. Um, so the last three or four episodes, I've had to do that. Um, and so I'm up to the penultimate episode of season two just finished, and now I'm watching a, uh, waiting for Sunday for the last episode of the season. And then uh, maybe I'll uh, cancel my MGM Plus. Um, but not, not because it's a bad station, but because I, I don't watch TV that much. Uh, but the only reason I started watching the show was because Mike uh, suggested it. And so uh, I took a, uh, a chance of checking it out for free. The first season is uh, on free, at least temporarily, though temporarily seems like months now, um, on Amazon Prime. So you can watch season one on Amazon Prime for free called From F-R-O-M, very generic and terrible name. Um, and, and it's a really good show. Um, 
so uh, I recommend there. Because um, uh, I'm a good dad, um, I, me and the, the wife brought the kids to see a film on uh, Monday afternoon because we had the day off uh, our company where me and Barrett work. And um, my my youngest wanted to go see his Fury film, but of course Boogeyman is already out of um, – Theaters basically, except for you know nine o'clock showings at night, and that's a PG thirteen. So that I would have brought her to that because she wanted to see a scary film. So then uh, she wanted to see Transformers or uh, uh, Spider Verse, um, but unfortunately both of those weren't uh, until seven. And so my other daughter, who wanted to go see The Little Mermaid uh, live action uh, with my wife, uh, me and uh, my youngest Vivian had to go watch that film too because that was really the only. It was either that film or The Elementals, and um, obviously, mermaids are, are more cool than Elementals. Uh, and I, so I wasn't too happy uh, going in and watch that film. Um, the original was one of my favorite Disney films of all time, if not all time. Um, but I will have to say that this this actually was pretty decent. Um, I did actually uh, enjoy it, even though it, a lot of it was like a shot for shot remake of, of the. The cartoon, so it's like, what's its purpose? Um, so I would still recommend you see the, the cartoon. But my daughter's thought, or, uh, let me phrase, my oldest daughter thought it was better than the cartoon because she just loves live action versus cartoons. That's uh, why they do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but so I would say that um, it, I did not waste my time. I was, I thought it was good enough, and I was not like, you know, uh, pretending that I had to go to the bathroom forty times or fiddling with my phone or or anything. I actually paid attention, and uh, yeah, it was good. Um, and then I'm uh, playing uh, Diablo, as uh, Eric mentioned. Uh, I'm doing the same thing. Uh, my character class is is the barbarian. A female Freya, her name is her name is uh, blonde, blue eyes, and all that stuff. And she's now in fifty third level, maybe fifty fifth, fourth, fifth, something like that. Uh, but unlike uh, Eric and I know Barrett, um, I've been doing all the side quests instead of the main storyline. So I haven't. I just finished arc one of like six parts for the main storyline, um, and and then all the side quests and exploring. And so uh, I've gained to 50-something level uh, differently than other people, because I know Eric um, and Barrett, you guys um, did the main oh, I did story. All the, I did all the side quests, too. Right, right, but but you were you hit 50, and you were already done the entire other main storyline, I think, you told me. And um, yeah. I haven't even finished the second uh, part of the six-part main storyline. So, uh, But either way, uh, it was really good. Uh, I recommend... Uh, exciting. Uh, I did get a little Diabloed out about four or five days ago, and so I haven't played it for four or five days. Uh, not because of that, but because I was just had too much other things well, that I was doing. Up to level 50, your progress is pretty steady. When you hit level 50, it's like you run into a brick wall. Uh, it slows down way, way, way slower. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot to do, but... Um, it was either you, Barrett, or, or you, Eric, that said uh, either to me personally or, or on a text or instant message that um, it, it gets repetitive after a while, which which is true because you know you you, you go into a dungeon, you yeah, most games like this do, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but 
the, the cool thing is is finding new items and, and leveling up and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, well, so, so that's pretty cool. And I enjoyed the main story too. And and really, when it comes to a game like this, I I, I this time around particularly, I was a bit in awe of just like the cinematics and the amount of art involved in the game. Like I can't comprehend the number of man hours that went into creating the game. It's so pretty true. Yeah. Oh my god, this game is humongous. Yeah, I would concur. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, they only have five classes. Uh, there's rumor that the sixth one is going to be a, a Hell Knight or or basically type of a Paladin type thing. But uh, that that'll be DLC content in the future. But uh, the five classes are pretty standard stuff. Um, I usually would choose like a sorcerer or. Uh, or the, the necromancer or something, but uh, I decided to go with uh, the barbarian because, uh, as Mike uh, has noted many times, I, I like the, the muscular, hot-looking women's. Um, so it was uh, uh, a good class, though, because I played the barbarian in, in Diablo three, and uh, in Diablo three I played all of them to, and brought them all up to level thirty or above and all of them. And uh, the barbarian is uh, uh, is pretty good, even if it doesn't have. Um, uh, aerial weapons. It's mostly melee. Uh, so yeah, uh, I recommend. Uh, great game. Um, oh, and I did download. Um, uh, what the heck's that game called? Uh, uh, Street Fighter Six as well. Uh, so I have that, but I've only played a couple of fights with it. Uh, the characters are there's not too many characters um, uh, right away because they're going to have a lot of downloadable content again. But uh, they have Chung Lee and, and Cami. Uh, which are the only two that count, in my opinion. And then they have, like, eight or nine others. Uh, but I assume they're going to expand it to a lot more and, and characters like uh, Poison and and stuff will, will suddenly pop up eventually. Um, and then I uh, downloaded Altered Beasts, uh, a great game from way back uh, for six bucks. It was a free game that came with... I used to play Altered Beast in the arcade. Yeah, it was an awesome game. And, and it became like one of the first games or the, the game you got when you got like the ColecoVision or the, the first Nintendo or something like that. Uh, it was a big game back then. And uh, it's a great game. So uh, I downloaded that. It was only five bucks, so uh, it was a good time. But all in all, most of my time is right now, even with those other games, Street Fighter and... Um, all the beast is it's I've been Diablo takes up all my time when I when I play video games. Uh let's go with you, Bart. Diablo four and from. Done. All right. Yeah, you pretty much said everything. That, that, <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right, that's You're good. Through, I, I, right, just, I just want to congratulate Phil yeah. on taking what has uh this year been the nerdiest year of the Dark Discussions podcast and driving that stake even further into the ground with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm, we're nerds, dude? Yes. We've had this conversation many times before, Phil. Yeah. We don't need to have it again. I explained this to you a long time ago. No need for it again. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So, uh, where's the one that wants to go to bed? Yeah. All right. So let's give our final thoughts on this film here. But before we do, uh, Eric, you mentioned uh, how a buddy of yours, uh, Dan, was watching a film with you. Uh, I heard you do another podcast with that man. What is that? Uh, that is true, however, because life, we're taking a couple weeks off from recording. But, uh, We'll be back in July. Um, the name of that podcast is the Ascancy Podcast. That's A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. All right, sounds good. And uh, Mike, myself, you, and Eric do another side podcast that we kind of mentioned a couple times tonight. What's that all about? Yeah, that is the Cinema a la Carte Podcast, where we review non-horror movies uh, that would 
other that we would like to talk about, but can't really squeeze them into the Dark Discussions podcast. Uh, we have you mentioned Elemental. We've reviewed Inside Out from Pixar. We reviewed. Uh, you mentioned uh, Flash Gordon and Twelve Monkeys, and we've also reviewed uh, Collateral and uh, History of Violence uh, and Michael Clayton. And uh, in just a couple of weeks, going to review something else when we find the extra day in the week to do that. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, Barrett, myself, you, uh, Sean Fox, uh, I've been recording uh, a podcast this past month, and then Mike and uh, Kevin Letts and Amy are going to be joining us. Amy Rain are going to be joining us for uh, some other episodes. What, 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 are, what is this podcast all about? Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Um, the month of June is Pride Month, so we are watching every week a new lesbian art house movie and reviewing it. Um, next week is the final film. And then after that, we will be doing The Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad, as well as Peacemaker. Yeah, that's right. Not reviewing right. A Suicide Squad. Right. 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 The one and only. Yeah, and I still have to get you that, the, the new movie for the Pride Month because uh, I named like five or six to Sean, and because he's in Canada, they're, they're like a third world country. They don't they don't have the access to the same movies we do. <laughs> they so, don't have lesbians in Canada. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to believe that and because some of the movies that I suggested are like huge. He goes, yeah, yeah, you can't rent it, you can't buy it, you can't, uh, you know, uh, watch it for free. It's no, nowhere. And it's like, are you kidding me? It's like, oh my god, you guys are so third world. It's terrible. Jeez. Anyway, uh, huh. so I'll get that to you tomorrow. In fairness, you know. Canadian winter starts in like two weeks. That is true. That is true. Um, all right. And uh, lastly, uh, myself, Mike, Barrett, and Sean have uh, wrapped up three television series podcasts in the past six months. Uh, they are uh, The Rise of the Cordyceps Infected, uh, The Last of Us podcast uh, based off the HBO television series where we uh, talked about that show weekly, uh, Decimation of Dragons, uh, House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones podcast, where we talked about that HBO television series uh, weekly. And then She-Hulk, uh, Avenger of the Law, uh, where we talked about uh, the She-Hulk television series uh, from Disney uh, weekly. Uh, so all those podcasts you can check out as well. All of them are found on www.drdiscussions.com, uh, as well as their own feed, uh, wherever podcasts are found. Um, all right, so let's get into our final thoughts on this film here called Deep Rising. So let's start with you, Mike, since uh, you're the one that suggested it. Yeah, I, I love the movie. Uh, it is uh, one of my favorite creature features. It's probably one of my favorite 90s horror films. Um, Yes, it is. It is definitely not a perfect film. It is a B film, but I feel it's a B film that embraces its B filminess. Uh, and you know, the, the humor. The humor is going to be something that will or will not work on someone, depending on what their 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 personal taste is. Uh, I happen to enjoy it. I got a kick out of it, uh, and uh, it's also, I think, just got some some really cool best scenes uh, and a cool creature, even if the effects are dated. All right, sounds good. So uh, for me, uh, yeah, it's 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 good enough. Um, I, I'm not as highly uh, excited about this film as as Mike. Again, maybe it was because I thought it was a Leviathan and it wasn't. Um, I, I did like uh, Famke Jensen, as I always liked her in whatever she does. Uh, she Williams, rest in peace. Um, he's good. Uh, and you know, uh, I, I kind of like the the creature effects, even even if it is quote unquote dated, because again, you know, if it, like. 
you know, if you watch certain films from the, the 50s, uh, you can overlook the issues. But, but the monster was a kind of cool idea. Uh, so uh, all in all, uh, a, rent, a rental maybe, or, or if you can find it for free somewhere. Uh, but but it's it's uh, I would have, I would not have paid the 17.99 that I did for it, um, especially VOD without all the extras. Um, if I had known it wasn't Leviathan, because uh, the film is decent, but but it's it's definitely not. Uh, Ooh, yeah, that one was of my nice. favorite monster movies. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go for you, Eric. Uh, yeah, it's Schlock. Uh, this movie's not for me, uh, but I'm glad that Mike has this collector's copy and he can love it enough for his books. All right, and Barrett. I uh, love Treat Williams. Love this movie. It holds a special place in my heart, but it's not for everyone. Uh, I can see that. And uh, there you go. All right, sounds good. So uh, once again, the film is a uh, 1998 25th anniversary of the film Deep Rising, uh, directed by Stephen Summers and written by him as well. Uh, the film uh, is scored by Jerry Goldsmith, starring Treat Williams and Fanky Jensen, among others. Uh, the film was released uh, on February 2nd, uh, 1998, as a matter of fact, so uh, just over 25 years ago. Uh, did not do too well at the box office or by critics. But uh, it has had a uh, cult following since, uh, so uh, people do know about it and uh, uh, do enjoy it. Uh, so if you want to check it out, uh, you can uh, find it on VOD. Uh, you, as Eric mentioned, you, um, if you go to like Amazon Prime and a couple – not Amazon Prime, but Amazon and a couple other places, you can actually just rent it. Um, I know Redbox.com, you can rent it, a couple others. But uh, where I got it, uh, I unfortunately uh, – they only had a purchase option, and uh, I did that. Again, I thought it was Left of Uh So, yeah, it's readily available everywhere, and as Mike said, you can also get the collector's edition uh, uh, disc uh, that's available. And uh, who makes that disc? Is that Screen Factory? Oh, no, Kino Lobby. Kino Lobby. Yep. All right, so uh, with all that stated, oh, oh, and this episode will probably come out tomorrow, and uh, happy birthday to you, Terry. And with all that stated, Eric, why don't you leave this out? All right, thanks for tuning in to listen to us uh, give tribute to Treat Williams. Rest in peace uh, and talk about Deep Rising. Come back next week. We'll have another topic.